Good evening, everyone, and thanks for joining us here on the Upon Further Review podcast. I'm Eric Dudkevich, better known as Dude, alongside the coach, Shannon Griffith, and we're taking you up for the next hour or so for the uh, Upon Further Review podcast this week to kind of break down the sectional championships from last Friday. So well, look ahead to this coming Friday's regional games across the area and across the state. And coach, welcome in another exciting week of high school football. Uh, we were at a good one with Northside and Snyder that that came down uh, to the, some big plays by the Panthers in the fourth quarter. I know you were there on the call with Brett Rump and, and just an exciting sectional championship game. Just one of many across the area last Friday night. Well, first, hello and welcome to Denver, Colorado, <laughs> as I have to work my day job every once in a while, but I'm out here in the great state of Colorado, and it's uh, actually beautiful, not snowing, but yes, uh, the Snyder uh, Northside game lived up to its hype. Uh, it was a great rematch, two evenly matched teams. I think the common difference in that ball game, you could tell the difference from a team having been there as a program versus a team just trying to make their mark and trying to get there on a consistent basis. Northside made some critical mistakes uh, at times, and Snyder made the big plays when they needed it. And Luke Hopper ends up directing a 15-play, 97-yard drive where he basically converts a fourth and two, hits Juarez one-on-one against Tay Johnson and then completes the touchdown pass, the go-ahead touchdown pass to Ferks. Uh, what you would expect the senior quarterback to do of his caliber. And uh, we'll get a chance to talk to him a little bit later tonight. Yeah, great. Uh, we have a great show for you tonight. We have three guests uh, that will be joining us. Uh, first, in just a little bit, we'll be joined by Brett Fox from the Columbia City Eagles. Coach, they get their first sectional championship since 1993 in exciting fashion. Uh, a, a close game late, the blocked field goal from Stratton Fuller, uh, and then they go into overtime and and get that late touchdown, Ethan Seavers, to seal the deal. And uh, a, a home sectional championship, first time in 29 years. What a special moment that had to be for Columbia City. And we'll talk with Coach uh, Fox about that uh, a little bit, too coach uh, but yeah exciting night in columbia city certainly yeah they had a great uh, turnout i got to see a couple pictures on twitter of course of the stands and you know not only were the stands full but they had probably two or three deep in standing room only around the gates there but you know that's what's special about those type of games those type of towns the one high school town where you know everybody in the county or in some cases the city of columbia city was there my adoptive hometown, I should say. But, uh, yeah, it was a big time. It's a big time win. You know, Stratton Fuller, what can you say? You know, I mean, the kids made, you know, plays all year at, at wide receiver. But Friday night he was making plays not only blocking that field goal, but also on defense. I think he had a huge tackle on the goal line that kept, a, kept Leo out of the end zone. So uh, just a special night in Columbia City. Yeah, and uh, also joining us later will be Snyder quarterback Luke Hoppert. Uh, of course, we touched on the Panthers' big victory. And then later, uh, Brent Kunkel, the head coach from the Bluffton Tigers, uh, talk about a sectional drought. Their 34-year drought is over. Their first sectional title since 1988, coach. Um, and really a special thing brewing there as well in Bluffton uh, for, for them to come out of that sectional 
uh, really a surprise to say the least. Surprise in the fashion that they did it. They beat Eastbrook, which is a storied program down there in East Central Indiana. Jeff Adamson, a kind of a Hall of Fame type of coach, runs a great program. They beat that top tier program. And I guess you could say they may be the surprise of everyone in uh, not only Northeast Indiana, but maybe down there in the East Central part of Indiana as well. So I think uh, we're in store for a pretty good uh, regional matchup with them and Lures coming this Friday. Yeah, certainly Lures got the big win over East Side on the other side of the, the, the that sectional to, to win yet another championship. Carroll goes back to back uh, with a big win at home versus Warsaw, 34 to 17. Uh, Norwell was a team that lost uh, late in that ball game. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about some of those games as as the episode progresses. But I think, Coach, it's a good time to join in uh, with our first guest here, uh, joining us upon upon further review from the Columbia City Eagles, head coach Brett Fox. And, Coach, first of all, congratulations on winning the sectionals championship. I, the first time in 29 years for Columbia City it's got to be a special uh, accomplishment, obviously, for what the season has been, but really for the entire community to celebrate it at home on Friday night. What was that like for you and your program and your team? Um, hey, first off, thanks for having me on again. Really appreciate the work that you guys do. Um, just, I was just sitting here backstage just listening to you guys and the amount of information that you guys put into it, the amount of information you guys know about different teams and things like that's awesome. Um, so we appreciate that. But man, like like you said, it was an exciting atmosphere and just unbelievable, um, you know, just a, a special time for our community um, and uh, just pack stands, um, you know, like Coach Griffith was saying and, and, and you know, probably, you know, somewhere around 3000 people there. Leo brought a huge crowd um, and it was just a, a real special environment that's going to um, create lifelong memories for our guys, um, whether you're a student within the school or whether you're an adult within the community. Um, I think what makes it even more special is there's so many of our parents um, of players that were um, either in school or on that 1993 sectional team. Yeah. And now they have kids that are playing on the team or you know, they, they just have experiences that, that they remember going through when they're in high school and they're experiencing the same thing with their kids right now. And and, and there's a piece of me that 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 mm. is experiencing it right along with them, because um, my high school, which you guys have already mentioned, Eastbrook High School um, is who bluffed an upset, which tears my heart away because I love Coach Kunkel. But but Coach Adamson is like a father figure to me. But that was Coach Adamson's first sectional title in 1993 to um, I got asked Friday night, what were you doing when Columbia City won their first sectional in 1993? And I got to say, I was watching my high school win their first sectional in 1993. And uh, just remembering those memories of my brother was a football manager on the team and, and getting to watch there and and and, and just just to remember those things that, that I went through as a little kid. And I was walking out the gate and um, to go up to our radio interview and I just looked at a kid that was probably my age when I was in 93. And I said, Hey man, like when you get up here, we're going to be doing this too. Um, and so it's just amazing. Sure. You guys weathered that storm. I mean, going into, you know, you guys, it, it's 14 to seven uh, at halftime 
Leo comes out, gets thir- 14 points in the third quarter. You you respond with the touchdown and, and get it to overtime and the big field goal block from Stratton Fuller. Just everything that went into the, the, making the plays this late and really for your entire section of run because you've really been in some close games. Uh, just talk about your kids' resiliency and the ability to uh, get to this point week in and week out and, and really finally cash in not only just the NE8 crown, but also now a sectional title as well. Um, yeah, you know, our kids, uh, they're fighters. They're fighters. So they, they don't they don't know what the word quit means. Um, you know, they work hard for it. Um, I you, you could see, um, you know, Coach Dorfler is one heck of a coach and the 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 some of the adjustments that he made offensively got to us and, and they got a couple scores on the board in the second half. And when they took the lead, you just had this sense of uh, of doubt, I feel like, coming over some of our guys. And, and we just turned to him and we said, um, hey, we've been here before. Um, we've been here before. Um, Leo hasn't been here before in this kind of situation. And so um, we just need to to just be us. Just be us and don't worry about it. We're going to make plays. Um, and then, like you said, we we changed a couple things. Um, they took that timeout before the uh, field goal and and we decided usually we're trying to rush off both ends and 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 we felt like Stratton had uh, had an opportunity to get one of their extra points earlier but he didn't dive and really sell out fully because there was somebody on the other side and if he does I mean you're, you're sacrificing your body and putting yourself in a dangerous position and so we talked uh we talked to through with the one side and said hey like you guys aren't going to rush and we put Ethan over there and we said hey um we asked Josh Arns, who's just a, a leader for us, to, to take care of the wing um, and to sacrifice himself. You know, and you want to talk about a kid that is a star for us and Josh Arns, but is willing to do those little things. That's why we're successful. That's why we're successful. We're asking him to do something that isn't going to get highlighted and, and, and somebody else is going to do the credit. And he's the first one to jump in and say, yeah, I'm going to do this. Um, and I looked at Stratton. I said, you're going to block this field goal. And he his eyes were huge. And he's looking at me and I grabbed a hold of his jersey and thank God his his dad's one of the coaches on our staff. So he's not going to yell at me for, you know, grabbing onto his jersey like that, but grabbed onto his jersey, pulled him close. And I said, I'm serious. You're blocking this like you're you're blocking this. And and, you know, just to, I coach Griffith, you can speak to this. I mean, when when a kid believes the words that you're saying, like it inspires you more as a coach to just I, give them everything. Give them everything that you have, and 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 that's what that's what my guys are doing right now, and, mm-hmm. and that's the way that we play, and and it it makes me look good when I'm not really doing that much. Our guys are just amazing. Yeah, that trust factor that you show in your players gets reciprocated back to you, especially in moments where things are a little bit out of whack and you're uncertain and. You didn't let the thing that I hear there is you didn't let the doubt creep into your minds other than maybe for a second or two before it got corrected. But I'm looking at these stats and you talking about two evenly matched teams. You both had about the equal number of plays. There's a differential of about six yards in total offense, time of possession. That was skewed a little bit towards them, but everything else, rushing yards, passing yards, the big difference is fourth down. You're four of 11 on, on third down, excuse me, and you held Leo to two of 13 on third downs. That's pretty incredible from your defense. 
absolutely. You know, and and our defensive coordinator is Jeff Clark. He's been at Columbia City, um, I believe, for 39 years, which is longer than I've been alive. Um, I always like to point that out to him, um, you know, but it's it's the same thing. Like, I mean, he's been coaching forever. He he knows defense um, and our guys believe in him. And 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 it's such a uh, he has such a great relationship with our kids that he knows what they're capable of doing and, and, and what the other team's trying to do. And he puts us in great situations on third down. And and I really I really feel like one of the big keys was um, Leo's last fourth down try and regulation um, where we tackled their fullback, or I'm sorry, their running back for a loss on fourth and two and tackled him two yards deep in the end zone. And I think it kind of, um, I don't want to speak for him and, and Coach Dorfler, but I think that they kind of got down there on fourth and two and said, I don't know if we can go right up the middle and we're going to test the outside and, and, you know, Stratton Fuller and Cohen Payne came flying up and, and Josh Arntz was there to take on the block, which which allowed these other two guys to to step in and do their job. Um, and our, our defense, I, I think we've been overshadowed a little bit with our defense because of how great Norwell's defense has been within our conference. And, and, and rightfully so. They've been great. But but I think our defense in, in tough situations they they rise to the occasion and and they play um, just unbelievable, unbelievable yeah. how they play and 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 you know it's kind of that you know you remember when the Colts went to the went to the Super Bowl it was kind of bending and then you get in a situation where you need a stop and and they they made those stops and um, you know that's that's kind of what our guys did in, in some of those situations and kind of what we did against Wayne as well. Yeah, your defense has been playing some cha championship caliber defense, and there's no question you're ever a bit as good as that Norwell defense down there in Austin. We saw it in the championship game a couple weeks ago. You know, now you, you've got this one out of your system. You're trying to bring them back to reality and saying there's more games ahead of us. We, You know, our ultimate end goal now is we want to get down the road a little further and now you've got the Kokomo Wildcats coming in, a team that is similar to what you guys do. They're more, a little bit more wishbone-ish, I think, from what I'm seeing and hearing from. But uh, has have you talked to Jason any about their contest with Kokomo? Because that game got away from them early in the year. I mean, they really probably should have beat them, from what I'm understanding. After talking to him, they kind of, you know, kind of got away from them. Have you had a chance to talk to him and talk about what they did against that Kokomo offense? Um, I, I haven't talked to him personally about it. Um, uh, I, I think uh, I have watched the game several times, you know, that being on, on YouTube and, and, and being able to see that, um, you know, I, I actually watched it week one and, and kind of had that feel that um, they were playing great defense and, and and the the crazy thing is, I mean, um, just look at the progression that Jason made with that team from week one to, you know, our last game with us was incredible. But I haven't gotten a chance to, to talk to him personally about it. Um, you know, just kind of one of those things like we, we, we are good friends. We'll text each other, but it's just kind of I. I don't want to go there right now just with, 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 I mean, I well, feel so sure. bad that somebody had to lose that game and, and we were, you know, 
joking around at the overtime coin flip. And I was like, dude, like I wouldn't want to be here with anybody other than you. And I'm, I'm, this is freaking awesome. And we both, you know, just said, Hey, like, this is, this is, this is awesome. So, uh, but um, yeah, Kokomo is dangerous, man. Like you said, I mean, they, they want to control the, control the ball. And, and I think they, they kind of did that. And, and Leo was kind of trying to find their footing um, with who they were going to be. And, and Kokomo took advantage of it because coach Colby, you know, has them in a situation where, where Kokomo already knew who they were um, and, and they're well-established and, and um, they just, yeah, they, I, I feel like they, they, a couple things slipped away from Leo in that opportunity, or it could have been a much closer game. Well, you've got a, t- a quarterback there that, again, with what they do, I mean, they're not going to put the ball up in the air quite a bit, but, you know, he's thrown for about 500 yards, but he's their leading rusher with 11, almost 1,200 yards. So not only you got that to deal with, but you also got Story, who's also a, another running back that's got 1,000 yards, and then a kid by the name of Name, a senior, I'm assuming, wingback that's also got about 800-plus yards. So they have a formidable rushing attack, a little bit similar to you with some different, you know, kind of a three-headed beast, so to speak. Right, exactly. I mean, our game is going to kick off at 7.30, which I'm not sure what the other games are going to kick off, but we'll probably be done by 8.30, I would I would, I would, guess. <laughs> Both of us running like that. But, uh, I mean, yeah, their quarterback is an exceptional athlete. I mean, you know, and what's crazy about it is it'll be first and 10, and, and they're going to call a quarterback sneak, and he's going to get them nine yards, and you're going to be like, what the crap just happened? Like, and yeah. you, like who calls a quarterback sneak on first down? And and it, it it's kind of kind of smart in that situation, and and like you said, it, they've they've got several um, just weapons that 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 they can go to and they can attack, and and it's it is similar to us, um, you know, and 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 formation wise and and things like that. Like um, uh, <laughs> the one thing I am looking forward to is I feel like we can sit there and we can. Uh, it may be a calm week for uh for our scout team getting yelled at because we can simply call out our own plays and say hey uh all right we're gonna run this you know this play like you guys know how to block this um kind of thing but then to know that they're going to be able to do the same thing on the other side um and and you know what's fun about it as similar as our offenses are our quarterbacks couldn't be any different than 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 that and they it, it allows you to have the flexibility to do so many other things Yeah. Uh, Coach, uh, the defensive side of the ball, um, battling against that, you know, that 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 wishbone. Just talking to me, knowing kind of that style of offense, how does that, you know, you mentioned it with the scout team as well, but just the benefit of that as well and just stuff that you've preached all year that will translate to this regional championship game and, and, and your preps uh, for that. Uh, yeah, we just talk about, you know, being patient and and it's kind of a different style of offense. But I mean, we get to face something similar when we face Huntington North, where we explain to them that you're going to have long drives. Uh, you know, Coach Prescott at Huntington North is going to going to stick with his plays and he's going to pick it, pick and choose the the right time to, to use them and to call them. And and you've got to be patient and you got to understand that. Um, it's it's kind of that bend and don't break mentality and 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 that can mentally weigh on a 14 through 18 year old um and so you've got to keep them even keeled and allow them to kind of um 
go through that process and and really encourage them that um hey like you you're on here you you go and um you know you they may they may have a first down and 10 at the the 30 yard line after four straight th- first downs well you got to rethink it it's 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 a new set of downs and we've got to be focused on first down and you got to be focused for for four straight downs because they're going to put themselves in a situation where they can go for it on fourth down because they're going to have fourth and short because they're satisfied with getting three yards at a time. Very good. Well, I appreciate, well, we appreciate you coming on tonight, coach. Uh, we wish you the best of luck upcoming in the regional game. It's certainly an exciting time for your team and, and really the whole Columbia city uh, community and fans and, and just something they've waited a long time for and glad to see that you've kind of gotten over that hump in so many ways and, and, a really exciting team this year, and, and we wish you the best of luck the rest of the way. Hey, thank you for having me on. You guys are doing great. Uh, just like I said, you guys got – I just listened and great information and and just just I can't be thankful enough for the work that you guys are doing and the way that you highlight us. And as a coach, I am so excited that the next guest for you guys is going to be a high school player because, you know, that's one of the things we talk about with our guys is – is, is how to be humble, how to how to how to go on here, how to talk, how to how to express yourself, how to how to just do that. And and I can't tell you how pumped I am to see that you guys have a high school guy coming on next and just giving him some some publicity as well. So thank you for that. Absolutely. All right, coach. Absolutely. Good luck, Brett. We'll see you, buddy. Thanks. That was head coach from the Columbia City Eagles, Brett Fox, joining us upon further review uh, and coach. Another big one for this team, but this team has risen to the occasion Columbia City has uh, week in and week out, uh, whether it's been a close game or or some of the more lopsided scores that they've been on the beneficial side of. But this is a team that's ready to take that next step, and I think they've proven it through their play really all season long. Yeah, I mean, they're a team right now that uh, has a lot of confidence, which is very, very helpful when you get to this point in the year. But they've got they're spreading it around. I mean, there's not there's not one player they're relying on all for everything. You know, they've got Arts and Getz and Fuller and Seavers and Piper, and you can just keep going down the line of the number of guys that have you know contributed uh, to their overall success, not just offensively but even defensively. Absolutely, and uh, a, a, another big one up coming up uh, this weekend. We'll go ahead and look at what they're, they they'll face the Columbia Columbia City will face the Kokomo Wildcats. Uh, another home game for Columbia City, so another chance to add to some hardware. Uh, it should be exciting one. Uh, number seven Kokomo comes to town, uh, an eleven one team that's in the you know number seven. So that should be a fun regional championship. One of the many games uh, this weekend. And coach, we'll go ahead and move on now to uh, Class Five A, and our next guest uh, joining us here upon further review uh, from the Snyder Panthers, we have uh, quarterback Luke Hoppert. Luke, thanks for joining us, first of all, and and congratulations on the sectional title. Glad to have you here with us tonight. Just uh, how you're feeling right now, coming off that big win Friday night against Northside, and 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 the Snyder Panthers still playing. Yeah, thank you for having me on. It's good to be here. Um, it was definitely, uh, an exciting moment for the whole team. Um, and, you know, for the coaches to get that win, um, under their belt, 
And, you know, in the past couple of years, Snyder has definitely fallen short of a sectional championship. So it's great to be a part of the a team that can, you know, get the job done and win a sectional title for everyone and all the Snyder fans and all the previous players that Snyder uh, has had. Sure. It's been a drought for Snyder, the long, maybe the longest drought in school history. I think it was. It's certainly uh, in the longest drought in like 25 years. For sure. For, for, for you guys, the last several years especially, you've been part of that team. You've been the starting quarterback for this team. Knowing that, what kind of extra motivation perhaps has that served for this team to, to you know, Hey, you know, this is our last chance. This is our last year for you as a senior, to, this opportunity to, to get uh, some postseason hardware uh, with your remaining time at Snyder and, and how that all helped you guys this week. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, we've been even talking about it since our freshman year. We knew that we were going to be a special class um, and being the Snyder quarterback since my sophomore year um, and not achieving the goals that we have achieved this year. It's definitely a great feeling, and, you know, it definitely motivates us more to, um, you know, grab the ultimate goal because it's, it's in reach for us, and we're just happy to be here, and we're uh, even more ready to put the work in, you know, this week for Mishawaka and uh, more games further down the road. Sure. Take me back to Friday night. You guys were down nine late in the third quarter. Um, things starting to look bleak, it, 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 you know, and, and then – the corner turned. You guys get some big defensive stops. You find Kamari Juarez, the big play down the middle of the field. Everything starts to click again, and then suddenly it's 13 points later, and Snyder is 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 holding off to Northside one last chance with, to, to seal a victory. That fourth quarter of play, what was that like on the sidelines and, and really what, from coaches to players down, the message that was trying to be conveyed uh, as that sectional championship game was playing out. Yeah, and really, um, after I threw that interception, um, you know, a lot of the teams, um, you know, Mojo definitely went down. And I, I talked to myself, and I just I said, hey, you know, this is your last – this could be your last high school game. You know, you need to turn things around. You need to talk to your alignment. You need to talk to your receivers. Get everyone pumped up again because – and Coach Tip, Coach Tipman, uh talked to me a, a couple weeks ago about, you know, in the playoffs, things aren't going to go our way and you're going to face adversity and you're going to have to find your inner self to overcome that adversity. And so, when, I mean, when we're down going into the fourth quarter, you know, I grab I grab the whole offense. You know, I'm talking to them on the sidelines saying, hey, we got to this is where we really need to find who we are and, you know, care for each other in these moments. So that's really what the message was, you know, sticking together as a team, just things like that. Yeah. Hey, Luke, this is Coach Griff. Hey, first and foremost here, uh, is Coach Tittman all right? He's, he's, I think he, uh, it looked like he pulled a hammy going down the sidelines <laughs> to call timeout. He might have. He might have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has to learn that he doesn't have, he's not young like you guys anymore. I know. I know. And he we're seeing some, go he, ahead. He needs to get a, a couple warm up, uh, warm up minutes in before he does things like that. Well, you know, here let me set the table for this and how this happened because it was actually uh, Northside had the ball like on the two-yard line. Yes. And evidently they came out in something that I don't think Snyder was particularly anticipating. Right. And Coach Tipman ran down the line. Well, the ball gets snapped. 
There's right. no, I don't hear any whistles. Now I'm not going to say I can hear it up in the press box calling a game, For sure. but Northside scores. Yeah. But they give him the timeout that he called. Yeah. Well, after that, Northside then proceeds to get a five yard penalty. And then Correct. again, I mean, ultimately he took seven points away uh, by giving up his hamstring right. to call a time timeout. So he definitely did. <laughs> there's a little bit of an unsung hero in there. So right. right. Here's what I, here's what I want people to understand. And this is, I think what I respect about you as a quarterback at Snyder high school. Um, you're not going to sling it 50 times a game. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to have a plethora of talent around you. Right. But ultimately the leadership that you showed in the fourth quarter after throwing that interception, which you knew was a bad throw the time, right when it left your hands, you could tell right. that you knew that was a bad throw. Yep. You, you went on and orchestrated this 15 play, 97, 93 yard drive. But the key play in that drive was the fourth and two call. Kind of take us that through that fourth and two call. And it, was that something that you guys had worked on that week? Is that something that was always in your potential game plan? Knowing that, you know, here you're you're hammering away with Langston level and Buchanan and it's, you know, student body right, student body left, you know, a yeah. pretty good dosage of it. Here's fourth and two. Right. Everybody and their mother thinks that Langston level's taking the ball up the for middle. Sure. But go ahead, go ahead and set that up for us so that people can understand that play. Yeah, so we work on that play pretty much every week. And it's old. Coach Ike, you know, draws it up with Coach Bergeron and Coach Phelps and all those things when we're um, in gusto. So when we always rep up uh, naked, whatever it is, even if we're not even going to run it, you know, it's just it's just a good thing to have in the back of your uh, pocket. And so when in a, a big game like that and it's fourth and two and the game's on the line, you know, I thought to myself, I was like, I'm, we're probably going to run fullback dive here. And then I run to the sideline, they go naked. I was like, all right, well, it's, it's time to get the job done. So, you know, uh, having that kind of, you know, um, integrity to, you know, call that play is definitely the reason why we had success in the long run. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking as a former quarterback and getting the thing, getting the call on fourth and two, putting the ball in your hands. Okay, that's first of all, that's every quarterback's dream is that it's fourth and two games on the line i want the ball in my hand for sure the second thing is when you call naked the first thing you think of is i gotta make a great fake here yep right yep and then the third thing is is that when you come out of that turn out of that fake the first thing you hope is that you don't see a defensive end there ready to knock you out right definitely (laughs) so that was one of those plays where it was nothing but green grass there for you end up i think you end up getting about five or six yards off that play but what what enabled that was that enabled the pass to to, to kamari right because now i want to hear the the uh, the concept behind that throw that pass um because you've got juarez against tay johnson Mm mm-hmm I mean, Tay's got the height on him, right? right? But you're into the wind as well. Yeah. So what kind of take us through that play call? So, so the safeties were, uh, they were in, they were really shallow. They're in the box and well, not necessarily in the box, but they were definitely uh, down low. And 
when I'm dropping back, I see uh, my left tackle kind of lose uh, his grip of the uh, end. So I have to step in the pocket and I shuffle about twice and I definitely throw a bad ball. It's into the wind and it was a pretty uh, gusty wind that night. Yeah. And so knowing Kamari and me and Kamari, we've been working on our chemistry since seventh grade, um, you know, with all the seven on seven uh, stuff that we do in the off season, we've been working on our chemistry for a long time and the trust was just there. And mm -hmm. for me to just throw that ball up, knowing that Tay Johnson was on Kamari, I had complete trust in him and, you know, and he made a, a, a momentum changing play in, uh, in crunch time and when that needed. Yeah. That was the second one. And consider the fourth and two. And then of course she hit Turks who makes a great catch in the end zone. Yeah, uh, to give the go ahead. But the you actually had hooked up with Juarez earlier in the game on a little basic three step out route that he took and turned into like a 40 yard touchdown. Yeah, that kid has got so much speed. It's crazy how yeah. how I call it quiet speed. Yeah, because of how fast he is. But yeah. as a group, um, that final drive was a pretty special drive to way to win that ball game. And I, I appreciate it from the quarterback spot, having watched it and gone back at times, just the command you had on the field uh, with your with your fellow teammates. There, there, there was no, I didn't hesitate, hes uh, have that feeling of we're not going to get this done. Right. Um, so I commend you for that. Mm -hmm. Now tell us a little bit about Mishawaka here before we let you go and do what you got to do as a normal student athlete, which is study. Yeah, um, but tell us a little bit about what you think of Mishawaka and what you've seen of them. Yeah, I mean they're definitely a they're definitely a good team. They play hard. They play fast. They play to the whistle. They're, I mean they're very disciplined. So you're not going to catch them off guard. Um, so we're just we're going to have to you know take chunks out of the um, you know just marching down the field, taking chunks out of chunks. So things like that. Um, and you know they don't like to uh, get anything behind them. So they run, uh, you know, really zone defense. So, you know, things like that. Um, but we're just very excited and, you know, very happy um, to, you know, be in the presence of a regional championship. And they run a little bit of a specialty offense, kind of the wishbone, kind of what Warsaw yeah. ran against Carroll. So for sure. your, best, your best defense is for your offense to stay on the field Friday yeah. night. Definitely. There's my little coaching tip to you. Yeah. And then throw it to throw it to throw it to the guys in your colored jersey. That's the other coaching exactly. tip I can give you from a quarterback's perspective. For sure. <laughs> Certainly. All right, dude. Yeah. Well, Luke, we we, we appreciate you joining us tonight uh, on Upon Further Review podcast. And I know a big one coming up this Friday night uh in the regional championship class six A or five A, rather, excuse me. Uh, as the Snyder Panthers travel to Mishawaka to play the Cavemen uh, in, a, in a regional championship matchup. Um, number one, Snyder versus number four, Mishawaka. Uh, Brett, uh, Luke, thanks so much for joining us. Good luck the, to you and the Panthers the rest of the way. We'll certainly be watching and, uh, and uh, see how things turn out Friday night, but it should be a fun one, and we're grateful that you came on this week to join us upon further review. Yeah, thank you for having me, guys. Thank you. It was fun. All right. See you All right. Thanks, Luke. Luck, buddy.
That was Snyder quarterback Luke Hopper joining us on Upon Further Review. And, and, and Coach, we'll go ahead and get rolling into our next interview here. Uh, we got another guest. Uh, and, you know, this one's a big one, Coach, because this has been a long time coming for this school and this team as well. Uh, joining us right now on Upon Further Review is Brent Kunkel, the head coach of the Bluffton Tigers. Coach, congratulations. First sectional title for Bluffton since 1988. Uh, dramatic fashion in the way you guys did it. Uh, and really, you guys have become really hot as of late as well. Just how special is it for this Bluffton community to what you guys were able to pull off Friday night? Hey, I tell you what, um, you know, first off, thanks for having me on, guys. I uh, really, really appreciate the coverage and appreciate the uh, chance to talk about Bluffton football. You know, we've kind of been under the radar all year uh, and, and with good reason. You know, we, we finished fourth in our league and uh, we play a pretty good schedule in the ACAC. You know, we lost to, to Northfield early on, who played for a sectional championship. Uh, we lost to Adam Central, who just won a sectional championship. Uh, we lost to South Adams, who is, you know, a perennial you know, 1A power at this point. And we lost to Heritage, who finished second in our league and had a great year, and they just ran against, up against Norwell in the first round of their sectional. So, uh, you know, we played, we played a tough uh, regular season schedule, we felt like. Um, and you know what? Things just happened to click for us the last three weeks. Um, could not be more proud of the group of kids that I'm, I'm fortunate enough to get to coach every single day. Um, you know, they, they are the reason why we're doing it. You know, I'm just a guy who stands on the sidelines and claps occasionally and whatever. And, um, you know, they, they're the reason why we're winning. So I, I'm just so, so proud of them for our, for our school, for our community. Um, it was a special, special night on Friday and to, to do it against an Eastbrook team against, you know, a great, great coach like coach Adamson and, you know, one of the best two-way programs in the state of Indiana um, and the tradition that they have, you know, that kind of made it all the more special. So uh, we're, we're flying high right now, man. So uh, I know we got a big one this week, but, you know, we took a lot of time to enjoy it. It's been since 1988. You know, I don't even know if you guys were alive. You know, <laughs> well, <laughs> I was, a, I, yeah. was a, I was a junior at Ball State. so I, wasn't. I was three years old, but I was around. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I was I was barely here as well. I was I got a lot of white here, too, coach. So um, you know, I was barely around here as well. So it was uh, it was just an awesome night. You know, and for our, our athletic director, Steve Thompson, you know, he was a captain of the 1988 team and he oh, got wow. to present cool. us with the trophy that night. That's so awesome. that, just, that made it really, really special for, for him and for our whole uh, football family. Sure. Talk about your team's resiliency. You mentioned the losses that have come along the way with just playing such a tough ACAC schedule. How did that set this team up from what they took away from playing the Adams Centrals, the Heritages, the South Adams of the world? When that, how does that help this team in the postseason? Because year in year, I mean, you guys have been able to. I think this is the fourth straight year with seven plus wins. So you guys have been able to put it together year after year, uh, even as kind of a middle of the pack ACAC team. Yeah, I mean, I, I think our schedule does us a lot of favors. You know, uh, you know, the last three years in, in sectional play, though, we've ran against a, a Fairfield team who would have probably been a 3A school if they would have redone the count at that point, but they were tremendously coached by Coach Thacker up there at Fairfield. Um, and then we ran against Eastside the last two years, you know, and, and nobody was beating Laban Davis the last two years. So um, our, uh, our conference schedule, I think, does a good job preparing us. You know, we were able – we moved sectionals this year. Um, you know, we went against Blackford. 
who was a little bit down, but, you know, Coach C. High there at Blackford, they do a tremendous job running their stuff. Uh, they're hard to prepare for. And then, you know, the last two weeks, we went against two perennial um, powerhouse teams in, in two-way, in Tipton uh, and, and Eastbrook. Um, so getting the chance to, to refer to our kids and say, hey, you know, we, we played against South Adams. We played against Heritage. We played against Adams Central this year. These guys are in that class. And, you know, when you look back at each one of those games, with the exception of Adam Central, uh, who's really, really freaking good. Um, if a couple of plays go our way in those games, you know, maybe we, we pull off, pull off wins there. Um, not taking away anything away from those teams, obviously. So uh, the schedule we play, we feel like it set us up this year. You know, we got a favorable draw, we thought, and our kids just bought in. Like I said, uh, there's nothing, nothing special about, you know, what we've done as coaches. It's the fact that our kids started believing, uh, you know, and, when good things start to happen, that momentum gets rolling. Uh, it's kind of hard to stop at times. Sure. Coach, the defense, the turnovers that you guys, I think five turnovers against Eastbrook. Just talk about the growth of that unit and to be able to, to on the big stage, come together and really put a solid game plan together and, and get the job on, done on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I, I don't think our defense has got enough credit all year. Um, my defensive coordinator, Todd Morgan, uh, he's another Bluffton grad. Um, he played on one of the last sectional uh, team teams to make it to a sectional final. Uh, but he was a great player for Bluffton. So he's got a lot of pride in our school and what we do. And he does a great job with our defense. Um, you know, we're, we're a young team. We only have three seniors on the roster. And really only two of them are seeing the field right now. So it took a little while to gel. Um, but one thing we pride ourselves on is being fast. You know, I'm the head track coach. So, you know, we do speed development on Mondays, like Monday is speed day. You know, we talk about just trying to be faster than the team and fresher than the teams we're going against. And I, I think that helps us. Um, you know, we don't have the, the 280 pound, you know, road grader defensive tackles that you see in the SAC or the NEA. Um, so we've got to take the, the size kids that we have and try to put them in positions to be successful. And coach Morgan's been able to do that along with coach Millspaw, my defensive line coach and Bryce Bonowit defensive back coach you know they've done a tremendous job with our kids and like I said it's it's nothing special that we do you, you got to have players and, and our kids believe in us and they believe in each other they love each other and that just goes a long way towards helping us you know make plays on Friday night hey coach we're you know we're talking we're looking at some statistics here by some of your kids you know your quarterback Braxton you know he's got about 1200 yards he's also shown the uh, ability to rush the football. And then you've got Cruz, your, ru your running back, who's almost got 1,500. Talk a little bit about him because that's a that's pretty good work for a kid uh, at the high school level to have almost 1,500 yards rushing. Yeah, and, and Anthony is, you know, he's all of maybe 5'5". Five, five. We'll call him 5'6". <laughs> on the podcast. But, uh, and, and he's just been – he's one of those kids who's been our program – you know, for all four years, like I said, he's one of our three seniors. Uh, he's a captain. He's a he's a kid that every program, you know, in the area would take on their team. Uh, he's just a tremendously hard worker. He's a fantastic teammate. Uh, he, he runs the ball so, so hard um, and he gives everything he's got. You know, um, he's like I said, he's five, 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 six, 150 some odd pounds. And he got 25 carries against Eastbrook um, wow. and went for 225 yards, you know what I mean? And, and he would have been ready to take 10 to 15 more if that's what it would have taken. So uh, he's, he's just a tremendous 
football player. You know, he's he's not going to go on and play in, in college by any means, but he's having a heck of a senior year. Um, so just so, so proud of him and, and the kid he is and the leader he is. And he makes us go, you know, without, without a doubt. Well, we had your uh, nemesis, Mr. Fox, on here <laughs> earlier. Now, we won't. We won't tell you what he said about you, but uh-huh. <laughs> um, you both are kind of in the same boat. You're both at schools that have not had sectional championships for a period of time. So this is all some new in, 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 in your own areas, but in a small, in a community that really gets behind uh, these type of teams that start getting rolling and stuff like that. Now, you get the the next task of coming up to Fort Wayne to take on Bishop Lures. Let's talk a little bit about Bishop Lures, what you've seen of them, and uh, kind of some thoughts as you head into that matchup Friday night. Yeah, I, Foxy and I've had a lot of fun this weekend. I think we've we've sent each other about ten to twelve pictures of our trophies at various parts <laughs> in our houses. So uh, our our administration is going to be lucky to get those things away from us. But uh, I love Coach Fox. He's done an amazing job up at Columbia City and. Obviously, rooting, rooting hard for him as they play Kokomo this week. You know, want to see him go on and do great things. But you, you mentioned Bishop Lures. Um, you know, like I said, we were, we were fortunate enough to go against Eastbrook, who is, you know, one of the best two-way programs in the state of Indiana. Uh, and now we get Bishop Lures, who probably is traditionally the best two-way team in the state of Indiana. You know, I told our kids today, they've got 11 state championships. We've got two sectional titles. You know what I mean? So, yeah. um, but we, we are just so, so excited to get the opportunity to play against them. Uh, I mean, they're as athletic as all get out. I mean, there's, there's no doubt about it. You know, we're, we're going to be going to this game, the heavy underdog, but you know, nobody expected us to beat Tipton. Nobody expected us to beat Eastbrook. Nobody's going to expect us to, to beat uh, Bishop Lures. And, you know, I, it, it's going to take a tremendous game from our kids. You know, we're going to have to have a lot of things go our way. Uh, they're just so, so talented. They're so deep. Um, you know, they're very athletic. They're extremely well coached. You know, Matt Lindsay's or Kyle Lindsay's been doing this for a while. I know Matt was his dad did it for a long yeah. time for him, but um, you know, Kyle does a tremendous job and, you know, they're, they're perennially one of the favorites in the state. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think they have a legitimate shot to win it, but you know what? Bluffton's one of eight teams left too. So yeah, uh, we're, we're not going to go up there and, and just hand it, hand them the game. You know, we're going to have to, like I said, have some things go our way. Um, but we're, we're just so excited for the opportunity, you know, um, to get to now, see, to get to see where we stack up against one of the best programs in the state. So, yeah. And here's the unique thing. And I, back in my day, we would say the unique thing was going to play on what they called AstroTurf, which was basically concrete back in the day that I played. <laughs> you know, you got to come up here and play on this thing they call grass. Yeah. What's up know, with this natural grass? <laughs> Well, it's funny that you say that because a year ago it had rained the prior week before Laban Davis came to town and the field was kind of atrocious and probably about that high because I think they didn't cut it for a reason. But um, how does that play in your uh, mindset with kids to, you know, go from a surface where they're they're so used to footing (laughs) and now and and now have to go play on a natural surface, which some of them may not have played on a natural surface for the last seven years. Right. Um, well, I mean, I'd be fine if we got that rain monsoon, you know, <laughs> wind, hail, all that kind of stuff coming in on, on, on this Friday as well, you know, maybe my, your tongue. 
<laughs> might slow them down a little bit. Um, you know, it, it's all part of the experience. You know, like I said, the, the chance to play against Bishop Lures, you know, the way my kids feel right now, they wouldn't care if we got to play them in the parking lot. So mm-hmm. um, we, we, we get a chance to go up there and see how we stack up, you know. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I might go up there, you know, Thursday night after probably start dumping water on the field or something like that to, to kind of <laughs> slow them down a little bit. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it's high school kids playing football. And, you know, a lot of these kids are doing it for the love of the game. And, you know, we're just, like I said, the, the opportunity to go up there and play them. I told them they were talking about it today. I said, guys, I don't care if we play them at, uh, in our middle school practice field, we're playing in a regional championship at Bluffton high school. You know what I mean? And so where we play, what we play on, that's the least of our concern. You know, they're going to be fast no matter where we put them. So um, (laughs) we'll just have to wait and see what happens. Sure. Coach, before we go, got to ask you real quick, uh, seeing Dwayne Eskridge in the NFL, Um, how is that? what has that meant for, for, for your program as somebody to look up to for, for a lot of those guys, not, not everybody's going to make the NFL, of course, not everybody's going to play college football, but to see somebody like him come out of the Bluffton community playing at the highest level, it's gotta be exciting. You were both the football coach and the track coach for him. He was a state champion in track. Just talk about what he meant to Bluffton and now to see him succeeding at the highest level. I'm going to try to get through without crying. So, um, you know, Dwayne is, you know, he's a special, special kid um, to, to know kind of his background and, and where he comes from and, and the things he had to go through. Um, you know, I'm sitting here at my kitchen table. Uh, Dwayne spent about three years at this kitchen cha- table trying to get homework done so we could get him in uh, to college. Um, and he, he's just it's just an amazing an amazing story. Um, and, you know, I'm so proud of him. Uh, you know, obviously. First and foremost, you know, he was one of the first kids, first people in his family to graduate from high school. Um, and so to, to, to be one of the first in your family to graduate from high school and the kids got a college degree. And if we just stopped there, what a successful story that is. Um, mm-hmm. But the fact that, you know, uh, I'm sitting there about a year ago last April with him and phone rings and Pete Carroll's on the line. Uh, that is an experience that, that, you know, that I'll never forget, obviously that he will never forget. And um, it just shows, you know, that through hard work, perseverance, believing in yourself, you know, making sacrifices, you know, there were a lot of chances where times where he couldn't go out and do things he wanted to do because he had to stay back and, and do things he had to do. And um, to, to, to have the opportunities he has now to, to, live where like he's living now. He just became a father, which is an amazing thing as well. Uh, he's got a beautiful baby girl. Um, so that was exciting to, to get to share that moment with him as well. And I, I'm just so, so proud of him. Um, you know, he could, he could never play another a down in the NFL and he'd be a success in my book. So um, for him to be a Bluffton kid. Um, yeah. It's, it's great for our guys to look up to. Uh, but it's a great story no matter where you're from. So certainly. Well, we appreciate it, and we, we certainly wish uh, D, uh, Dwayne Eskridge the best in his, you know, he's, he's, he's off to a pretty good start in the NFL, and it's great for the community to see him do that. And, Coach, we thank you for coming on upon further review this week. Best of luck to you at regionals as you head to uh, Bishop Lures on Friday night to take on the Knights. And, uh, you know, you guys are four straight wins, so you guys are red hot, and you guys are in it. And, this time of year, that's when you want to continue to play football, and we wish you the best of luck. 
Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Appreciate you having let me come on. Would love to do it again sometime. And hopefully the Tigers can keep winning games and we can talk some more ball. So I appreciate you guys a whole lot. Thank you. Thanks, Coach. Yep. Thank you. That was Brett Kunk- Brent Kunkel, the head coach for the Bluffton Tigers, joining us upon further review. And uh, wow, Coach, uh, pretty cool story to see what yeah. the impact he had on Dwayne Eskridge's life. He said sitting at the kitchen table for three years, just helping him get homework so he could get into college, went on to Western Michigan, uh, D. Eskridge did, and now playing for the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, this Bluffton team under Coach Kunkel in six years, uh, 39 and 26, but like I said, consistently winning seven games or more. Uh, they yeah. did, they were four and six a year ago, but this is a team that when it comes tournament time, they're not a team to mess with either. You know, we had their game, I think it was a, uh, was it two years ago, three years ago? Me and Shane Alvarado actually went down to Bluffton and called their game against uh, uh, Eastside. Uh, in the, I think it was the first round of sectionals, if memory serves me correct. But, you know, even at that time, I thought they had a pretty good program. And they played about as good as they could play against, the you know, a Laban Davis-led team that, you know, kind of takes you takes the wind right out of your sails. But, yeah, I think he's done a tremendous job. You know, Bluffton's had their ups and downs. I mean, Casey Colkman was down there for a while, had some, you know, good teams. And uh, now he's having a chance to put his fingerprint on it. And I think something in that uh, Dwayne Estridge story uh, gets lost sometimes with coaches. You know, coaches coach to have an impact on a young man's life. What he did for Dwayne Estridge will have an impact for years to come, well beyond the game of football and all that. So those are the type of things that coaches talk about when you have a kid like him and finding ways to give him chances and opportunities and he takes advantage of it and then that betters his life those are the things that sometimes get lost in the shuffle of the game of football and who won on this day and that day so forth and so on what's your win loss record um but that's the reason why coaches coach is for that particular story right there and that's just one of probably many that coaches had had the opportunity to have a positive impact on a young man's life Absolutely. Absolutely. Great story. And we, we thank uh, everyone for joining us here tonight. Uh, all right, coach, let's go ahead and uh, run through the boards real quick on some of the games, just kind of some snapshots of what we're going to see on Friday night at the regional championships. And we'll go ahead and start with the big boys in class six, a coach, the six, a regional championship Lafayette Jefferson uh, comes back to Carroll uh, Carroll with another home game. Um, this is a big one with, uh, you know, regional. So Carroll gets that Western side of the state, uh, sectional rather than getting, uh, uh, Hamilton Southeastern or, or those teams mm-hmm. down here, Indianapolis. So coach, this just should be a good one, uh, of two quality teams that seem, you know, from people familiar with the names because of the success that both teams have. Well, yeah, and now Carroll's got to go on the road again. So they got to go to okay. Lafayette, Lafayette Okay. Um, so that'll, you know, again, introduce a uniqueness to this because that's a little further trip than it was to Penn. Yeah. Um, Lafayette, Jeff, um, just my days in coaching has been one of those programs that has had their tradition rich. They are a very good program over there in the Lafayette, West Lafayette area. This will be a very good contest. Um, but I don't know right now. Lures, I mean, uh, Lures, Carol's playing awful good. 
um, both offensively and defensively. They're just, you know, they're getting a a productivity from about everyone on the field. Um, And it was witnessed to on, on Friday on what they were able to do against Warsaw. So I think Carroll's got a good chance to get to that semi-state final and who it may be. It may be Hamilton Southeastern. It may be Westfield. We'll have to wait and see, but I think this is a good one. It'd be a good game. Yeah. Uh, Carroll 35 to seven winners over Penn and we, and the semis and then Warsaw 34 to 17 last week. So, uh, they continue to look good, just giving up 8.4 points per game on the year. 5A, we talked to Luke Hoppert earlier in the evening. Uh, Snyder travels to Mishawaka, a a battle of top four teams in Class 5A uh, in a big regional matchup. Both teams sitting at 10-1, and Coach. Um, And this, you know, all these games, really. I mean, when you get to this Yeah, 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 right. These are good teams and good games. Um, and, and Snyder continues to roll after their loss to Carroll in week two. And uh, they get by Northside, and now it's another tough challenge against the cavemen of Mishawaka. Uh, this is Bart Curtis's former high school, the head coach at Warsaw. One of his assistants has taken over that program. So they run the very similar offense to what Warsaw ran against Carroll. I assume that Coach Tipman and uh, – Doug have talked a little bit by phone about what maybe they did or, you know, didn't do or what worked, what didn't work. But this will be a good matchup from the standpoint. You're going to take two programs that have a little bit of tradition in it, but it's going to be the battle of the offense. Can the cavemen stay on the field and take away opportunities from Snyder or can Snyder be a ball control offense, keep Mishawaka's offense on the sideline, make them uncomfortable as we saw Carroll do to Warsaw. Yeah. Mishawaka's lone loss to Northwood, which is number three in class 4A, about midway through the season. So two very good teams there. 4A, we talked about it a little bit with uh, Coach Fox from Columbia City. Uh, they welcome in the Kokomo Wildcats. Yes, Wildcats with a K in Kokomo. Uh, not a spelling error there for those watching the video at home. Uh, but uh, another top 10 matchup. Uh, Kokomo, 11-1, and one, a very good team, uh, flying high all year long. Their lone loss to Lafayette Jeff, who's going to play Carroll. Uh, so uh, this is going to be another interesting matchup that we haven't seen just by virtue of Columbia City uh, getting their first sectional in 29 years. Yeah, to me, this is a flip of a coin. You've got two offenses that are similar in philosophy. Uh, going against each other, I think it's the team that must, you know, this is a little cliche-ish, but uh, makes the least amount of mistakes Friday night on all three phases that are going to win it. That's how close they are. Yeah. And 2A, uh, Bluffton travels to Fort Wayne to play Bishop Lures. Uh, and, you know, a really a surprise reasonable matchup. Not so much the surprise that Lures is there. They they get a big win over uh, East Side a week ago in the sectional championship. They, they handy, handled busco easily a couple weeks back but to see bluffton here is is a surprise though we talked about it with coach kunkel the schedule that that bluffton plays in the acc acac has really helped them uh to for this time of year and they're sitting at eight and four even with a better record than uh bishop lures here's the thing about this game on friday night and now we've put in to cover this game uh for 1380, which will be a stream only game as Purdue starts their season on, on 1380 on Friday. 
Um, again, if Bishop Lures can rush the football, I think they're very tough to stop. If Bluffton can force them into being a passing team, get one-dimensional, shut down the running game, they've got every bit of chance to pull an upset. That's the question mark. Can they shut down the run game? Because uh, they've got two great great running backs, and that's going to be the concept of can they get by, uh, get those guys shut down. Sure. And our final uh, regional matchup from the area, the 1A regional between Adams Central hosting Carroll of Flora, Carroll County, uh, the Cougars. If uh, They come in. They're the number eight team Carroll County is. Uh, Adams Central number two. The Flying Jets are flying high again. I, I, I think this is a team that, again, can Adam Central do it again? But but Carroll County, a formidable foe coming into Monroe on Friday. Yeah, this is going to be a great game. Both teams, uh, well-coached, well-versed in the fundamentals parts of the game. Uh, Adams Central and Adams County will be packed because Carroll County will bring a lot of people over. This will be a great atmosphere. If you're in the area, I encourage you to get out there and see a good game of high school football. Certainly. A lot of great games on Friday night, Coach, and uh, that's probably going to do it for our show tonight. Uh, a lot of great games. Hopefully people can get out and see them. And just a reminder, go to our uh, social media, like and follow and subscribe. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on YouTube. Uh, anywhere you download podcasts for your audio version, just search Upon Further Review, SAC, and you'll be able to find uh, those episodes, you can replay them or, or download them there uh, as you like. And, of course, on Wednesday nights, uh, this uh, uh, show, this episode airs every Wednesday at 8 p.m. on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 on your radio dial. So another opportunity to listen to it um, each and every week. And, Coach, boy, this season is flying. We're at regionals, and it should be another fun Friday night. Well, I'm looking forward to it, but first got to get a few things done here in Denver, and then I'll uh, swing back uh, to the Midwest. But uh, I want you to know that I told Mr. Ursay that I was unable to lead the Colts. That's why they went with Jeff Saturday. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Well, safe travels, my friend, and uh, we'll hear from you on Friday night on 1380 The Fan. Uh, more details on the game of the week upcoming as well. But for Shannon Griffith, the coach, I'm Eric Dukevich, the dude. We'll see you next week with another episode of Upon Further Review. Have a great football weekend.